0: good morning people of church i love that ava let's uh let's gather our hearts together in prayer dear god on this beautiful day we welcome your holy spirit to come connect each of us more fully with christ our vine and to connect our branches more fully with your flowing grace, so that we might learn and grow and bear much fruit. Deep calling to deep. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Somebody may want to mute themselves. I think we can hear typing. (laughs) So back in uh, late January, I was walking through the parking lot near the county prison, just over yonder, when I was suddenly confronted by a guard with his German shepherd. Didn't you see that no trespassing sign, he growled? Uh, the prison guard growled, not the dog, and I said, no, (laughs) Uh, I, I didn't, and Bob, can you put up the first picture here? So the next day, my curiosity was sparked, and I went back there, and here is what I found, a very clear no trespassing sign, as plain as day. Though I had passed it many dozens of times, I had somehow never actually ever seen it. It had never entered into my consciousness. And ever since then, it's become a symbol for me of the ways that I am still blind. And it has challenged me to become more curious, more curious about the things that I cannot see, but that other people already can. Bob, you can take that slide down now. You know, if you think about it, hasn't this whole pandemic year, this long and endless year, been a similar kind of experience for all of us? Didn't the brutal killing of George Floyd force us to see our blindness to the evil of white supremacy in our nation and in our own souls? Hasn't COVID forced us to see our blindness to the huge gap in healthcare and education and voting rights for people of color? And just this last week, Hasn't the shooting of eight people in Atlanta forced us to see yet again our blindness to the terrible cost of demonizing and scapegoating our Asian American neighbors? The signs have been everywhere for us to see, but still we're only just beginning to see them. In today's passage from John, some Greek pilgrims representing the whole wide Gentile world come asking to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus, they say. And Jesus then responds by saying that his hour of glory has now arrived. For those who have eyes to see, who are not blind, On the empire's brutal lynching tree, the cross, he is about to disclose, to reveal the depth of God's reconciling love and forgiveness, God's power to overcome evil with good, God's solidarity with the oppressed, and God's breaking once and for all our endless human cycle of violent retaliation. Now, many, many sermons could be preached just on the mystery of the cross, but I only have one sermon today, and I've been feeling all to preach it on what Jesus says just a little bit earlier in verse 26, his call to follow him on a journey of lifelong learning and growth. Whether we're six or 36 or 86, Jesus is wanting to shape and form his character in each of us until our very final breath. And this is what Jesus is talking about today when he says that it's only after a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, that it is finally able to bear much fruit. Now, Jesus, of course, is speaking about himself, but he's also talking about a very crucial pattern for our own lives as well. He is showing us the way that leads to life, of dying, each of us, to our old false self, and being raised to new life in our true self in God. It's a vision of abundant life where we're all bearing fruit at every new stage in our lives. You know, last Sunday, Danette and I were in a breakout room with two of our dear couples in their 80s. And as they shared about their lives, you know, I suddenly realized that we are all on a great migration, just like the snow geese that were flying overhead this morning, on a great migration home to God. And at every stage of life, in adolescence, early adulthood, middle age, and our later years, there are new and unique opportunities for us to die and to rise in Christ in Christ and to become more fully who we really are all right so maybe you're wondering who exactly is or what exactly is this old false self that is often mentioned in scripture in places like Romans 6, Ephesians 4, and Colossians 3. The old false self is the separate self, the separate branch, if you think of our verse of the year, that is always trying to find meaning and purpose and identity apart from God, apart from the true vine, often through things like power and prestige and possessions. And since these are never ultimately satisfying, the false self is endlessly unstable, disconnected, restless, fearful, and vulnerable to sin and to addiction. This false self is always trying to prove its worth to others, by impressing and grasping and consuming and dominating. And it is precisely this false self that Jesus is calling us to let to fall into the earth and die. As my daughter used to say at the top, used to sing at the top of her lungs, let it go, let it go. So friends, what in you right now? or in our church do we need to release and to let go of? What needs to die? Now, in contrast, our true self, the connected self, the connected branch has nothing to prove to anyone because we already know in a deep way that we are God's beloved children that we bear the precious image of God, and that we belong in God's family. This is life on the vine. (laughs) Life on the vine, where we are all connected branches, nourished by the constant flow of God's grace. And on the vine, we have nothing to fear, no one ever to impress, and everybody to love. On the vine, God's ways of love and justice are being deeply internalized, as Jeremiah talks about today, written on our hearts. And it is precisely this true self that Jesus is always raising up in everyone that he meets. It's precisely this true self that we must never deny. Hear that clearly. Jesus is not calling us ever to deny our true self in him. And so, if you'll forgive the pun, we can sing to each other at the top of our lungs, let it grow. Let it grow. This part of who we are. So friends, what in you or what in our church right now is being raised up? What is setting our souls free for more abundant and fruitful living together? These days as more and more of us are getting vaccinated, and I hope one of these days to be among you, we are hearing lots of talk about getting our lives back to normal, back to normal. And certainly all of us want to be able to share meals with our friends again, don't we wanna do that? to be able to hug our loved ones, and to be able finally to sing together in church. But friends, when it comes to what we've been learning this last year about racism and about the huge inequities in our nation, there are some things that we never want to get back to. But instead, we want to join the great learning and the great turning that is sweeping through our nation and our world. Bob, do you wanna put up our image of the wheel? If you look at the bicycle wheel that our identity work group created recently, you'll notice that our church has a very, very clear center, Jesus Christ. We are a church that is unapologetically focused on Jesus. Christ is our guiding orientation in life. But you may have noticed in this image that some of the spokes on our wheel are still empty and maybe you thought that the diagram is incomplete or that this is even a mistake, when actually it was very intentional. It symbolizes all the things that our church still has to learn, all the ways that we still need to grow, but we don't even know about yet. Bob, you can take that down now. In recent years, a favorite verse of mine has become John 16, 12, where Jesus says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them yet. (laughs) You can't bear them yet. But when the Spirit comes, she will guide you into all the truth. The Spirit will guide us into all truth. Dear friends, do you see what this means? We're never going to be done with our learning and growing and changing and evolving and developing in Christ. Even some of the things that I'm saying in my sermon today will someday be rightly viewed as short-sighted and off the mark. Amen. <laughs> just like some of Dr. Seuss's earlier books. This is okay. This is just fine. Why? because we are the followers of Jesus. We haven't ever yet fully arrived, but we are always a people on the way, as scripture says, a people belonging to the way of Jesus. And like the road to Emmaus, Jesus is always out in front of us, always helping us to see new things and to grow in new ways, Jesus is always orienting and guiding us home, home to God. Amen.